This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, March 1st, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. There are many problems with E-Verify. The first is asking the federal government to maintain accurate and current records for every American who wants to work. At a Cato Institute Capitol Hill briefing, Chris Calabrese, legislative counsel for the American Civil Liberties Union, argued there are many other problems with E-Verify as well. The more that you have this card, the more you can require it for things and the more restrictions you can place on individuals based on essentially having a record in the system, right? I mean, you can already see how this works now with a no-fly list, right? There are already U.S. citizens who are not allowed to engage in a fundamental right, which is to say to fly, because they're on a government list. They can't contest that determination. They can't get themselves off the list. The ACLU has a, a dozen or more clients who are currently attempting to contest their placement on the no-fly list, and that lawsuit has been going on literally for years. So it is not a crazy idea to imagine that the government might make a de- determination about a group of people that they don't like and you know, place them on a particular list, and then if you have a national ID card, you essentially enable control over, or limitations on those groups of people. I just use that as an example. Um, one of the most troubling things about E-Verify, in addition to the national ID, is the effect that it will have on workers. As Jim said, everyone has to be in the national ID system, in the E-Verify system. And not only does everyone have to be in the system, everyone's information has to be correct in the system. Now just, just sort of think about that for a second. We are relying on the federal government to have 100% accuracy in its information, or else somebody doesn't get to work. If your name doesn't match up with what's in the E-Verify system, you cannot start your new job until that error is fixed. A 99% effective system, so a 1% error, that's pretty good, right? 1% of the 154 million workers in the United States is 1.5 million people. So, you know, we've heard a variety of numbers. I think it's very hard for technical reasons, which maybe we can get into in the Q&A, to actually get a precise error rate. Um, The reason it's so difficult is because if you don't match in the system, there's two possibilities. One is that they've got your information wrong. The other is that you're actually not not documented and, you know, you shouldn't be able to work. So, but it can be hard to sort of parse out those two things, like which category you fit in. But, you know, the error rates have gone down in recent years, and that's, they're to be lauded, the DHS is to be lauded for that. But, you know, we've used a lot of the tricks that we can use to bring the error rates down, and, you know, I think we're still going to have a stubborn and persistent error problem. Well, I think it's actually useful to kind of put a face on that problem. So I'm going to put a face on it, and I'm going to call her Jessica. And this is, so this is the story of a particular U.S. worker. Her name is Jessica St. Pierre. She was a U.S. citizen, and in 2010, she decided she got a new job working in the telecom industry. Um, So Jessica went to start her new job and was essentially fired on the the first day on the job because there was an error in the E-Verify system. So she, she came in, she had all her supporting documents, you know, they, they typed them into the system, said you're not work, you know, didn't get a match, said you're not work authorized, and she was let go. So she went home in shock, crying, 
She went to her father. Her father said, don't worry. We're going to go to Social Security tomorrow. We'll get this sorted out. You know, you'll be back. You'll be, it'll be fixed in no time. Um, so she went to Social Security. They said, there's no problem. There's, you know, your records are correct. Your information is OK. Um, they called the employer up. The employer said, well, that's not what our records say. Sorry, you're out of luck. Uh, she, called the DH, she called the DHS hotline. They said, no, no, your records are correct. Meanwhile, by the way, they won't give you a piece of paper that says, oh, no, she's right in the system, employer. You should let her work, right? So she called the hotline. She called the EEOC. At one point, they thought she had been the victim of identity theft, so she tried to fix that for a while. This literally went on for months. Finally, what, what had ended up happening is she said, you know, enough of this. I, I just I can't deal with this anymore. Um, she took another job, lower paying, in a different company, but just basically so she wouldn't have to deal with E-Verify. So this was after months of unemployment. Ultimately, what ended up happening in that case and what they determined, as I remember, I said her name was Jessica St. Pierre. Apparently, when they were, the employer was entering her name in the system, they were putting two spaces between St. Pierre, and so she wasn't clearing. That was it. And so, and, and it was that kind of error that led her to be out of work for two months. I mean, that's what happens when you put essentially the federal government between the employer and the employee. Jessica is one example. Um, there, I think, will be hundreds of thousands of others if the system becomes mandatory. You know, appeals can fix some of this problem. In other words, I can, I can appeal my determination to DHS, appeal it to a, a, a law, administrative law judge, maybe ultimately appeal it to the federal court. That's, all of this has been proposed, though these processes don't necessarily exist now. But a, a survey of 176 immigrant workers in Arizona found that of those workers who did not clear E-Verify, 33% were fired immediately after without an opportunity to, do a, to get a tentative non-confirmation and contest their determination. Many of them were not actually notified that they even had the right to contest. I mean, under the law now and the, under the agreement that employers sign, they're supposed to notify workers, they're supposed to keep them on, they're supposed to allow them to do this kind of, you know, you know, allow them to contest the process. Of course, from a practical point of view, if I'm an employer and I've got an employee who I don't know if they're going to be able to work, I don't know what their situation is, put yourself in the sort of the seat, the shoes of a small business owner. I'm going to train that person. I'm going to have them on the job for a couple of months. I'm going to, you know, devote time and energy to doing that when ultimately I don't know if, the, and if that's just going to be wasted time and I have to start over. There's a lot of real-world pressure on employers to not go down that route and instead to just sort of, you know what, you just didn't declare the system or even start to screen people before, before they're actually starting the job, which is also something you're not supposed to do in order to make sure that you don't have that problem. Um, you know, we think and we've seen and actually not just we've seen, the GAO has reported that this problem is, is particularly pernicious amongst women who change their names, um, amongst individuals who have, you know, sort of non-Western spellings of their name. They may invert their, their, their first name and their last name according to sort of how we do it. Um, and that results in database errors. Um, the GAO predicted that if E-Verify were made mandatory for new hires nationwide, approximately 164,000 citizens per year would receive tentative non-confirmations just from name change-related change issues. And, and sort of buried in this problem, in addition to the real and obvious problem of, of errors, 
is, the, is a discrimination problem. I mean, what, and that's, you know, an employer starts to look at somebody, look at somebody's name, look at somebody's race, and say, I don't know if I'm going to take a chance on this guy. Just not, I mean, they look great, but you know what? I've had problems with E-Verify before. It's just save the hassle. I'm going to go with John Smith over here because John seems like he's got a name that's going to be, be okay and clear the, clear the system. Chris Calabrese's legislative counsel at the American Civil Liberties Union. You can watch the full Capitol Hill briefing, E-Verify's Many Perils, at our website, cato.org.